All right. Happy morning with the Sunday morning with the Elohim on June 19, 2022. We will be here together for two hours. And let's see if Terry Brown can make it. Wind will be here, wind free. And uh, we're here. Well, happy Sunday. Hi, Wind. Welcome. Hi, Wind. Hi, Wind. Hi, Hi everybody. And Terry's here too. Terry, are you right. Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. Uh, hello. Hello, Hi. Terry. Oh, Terry. Sounds well. Hi, Terry. Hi. Guten Morgen, Edna. Hi, Edna. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. I love you guys. Hi, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> Who else joined in? So please say names and locations. Yeah. Good morning, it's Bonnie. Hi, Roger. Roger and Bonnie, welcome. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Roger. Hi. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Roger. Hi, guys. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, Roger. Hi. Hi, Roger. Hi. 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 <laughs> Talk about hundred degree weather. I've been I've been down in hundred degree weather for a week. Oh, Cecil, we saw you Happy very briefly. To the next caller, please name and location. Hello there, Demetrius, uh, Massachusetts. Welcome, Demetrius. Hi, Demetrius. Hi, Demetrius. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. Happy Father's Day to all of you. Oh, happy Father's Day, brother. <laughs> happy Father's Day, and who else joined in? Hi, Shirley from Hi, Shirley from Welcome, Shirley. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Has anybody heard from Wanda? Not for no. a long time. <clears throat> It's been months. Mm -hmm. All right, and if you just joined in on BBS Radio Online, happy Sunday to you. Welcome to this conference call, Simulcast, with this radio show. Welcome back, Shirley. Thank you. I'm a recall. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, CJ, CJ, could you put could you put me on the uh, the healing list today? Uh, yes. I, yes, for for Betty's uh, uh, safe and and passing. But she passed. She hasn't yet, but she's close. Oh my goodness. And, and Cecil, I, well, I won't ask you because we're live on air. So, but I hope your little trip went well. It did. Thank you very much. I had a wonderful time. Oh. Oh, they treated me wonderful. like they treated me like royalty. Oh, amazing! 
I had about five reunions while I was there, different groups. Wow. Oh, that's wonderful. The, fir the first one had about 80 people in it. Wow. Amazing. How lovely. It was great. <laughs> well, I think we're ready to start. Excellent. Okay, thank you all for being here. Blessings to you, Terry, and much love. All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. The recording has started. This is June 19th, 2022. Is that right? Yes, correct. <clears throat> and my name is Winfrey, and we also have Terry Brown on the line with us. Terry, are you there? Let's see if she's still there. Okay. And Terry is in a hospital bed in Cottonwood, and I'm in Sedona. And as most of you know, Terry's been in the hospital for the past five or six days. And um, Cottonwood is about 17 miles from Sedona. And it all started when, you know, her energy was really down for about a month. And hi, smooth the dings, okay? And uh, we had one of those little gadgets called an oximeter, which goes on your finger and it measures the oxygen in your blood. And um, we were checking her. I was checking her fairly regularly. And it was reading like, you know, starting out 93, 92, 91. And then one day it went to 83. And I looked up on the internet what 83 meant. And it, and it was a dangerous level. And they said, do something immediately. So I took her to the emergency clinic in Sedona and um, what did they do when I took you there Terry did they, they did some procedures right uh, they checked me in they checked all your vitals right yeah and did they put you on oxygen yeah they put you on oxygen, and did they give you an IV? Yeah. Yeah. And what was the IV? Uh, did you bring up IC line solution? 
Uh, I'm not going to ask you too many questions. Your energy is too low. Okay? And so um, they sent her to the hospital in Cottonwood. And there she's been. And I've been going there every day. And uh, and they determined that she had, uh, it's not water, but fluid in the space between her lung, her, I think it was her right lung, and her rib cage. And it's, it's it, it, it's a, it's called pleural effusion. And because this water is there, or this liquid is there, it makes her not be able to take a full breath. Her lung, her, one of her lungs wouldn't expand as large as it should. And they didn't know what was causing it, but they knew it was there, and uh, they drained it. They put some kind of needle in it and took the fluid out, which allowed her to breathe properly. And then they, uh, a couple days later, the fluid was coming back. And they did it again. And then they did some kind of procedure um, to make the lung, let's see, stick to the rib cage so there was no room for the fluid. And she's been very, very tired since the procedure. And she was in pain for a couple, three days, and she's probably still in pain. Are you in pain? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's going down every day, right? Yeah. Okay. And then they decided, they started um, doing all these tests, and I came in, and I kept talking to all the doctors, and I said, you got a tester for... So, and I, I had to tell them, although it was in her records, most of them didn't know uh, what happened to her five years ago, which I'm, I'm sure those of you who were coming to our calls remember, she was diagnosed. She had very similar symptoms as to what she had currently, and she was diagnosed with stage four lymphoma, which is, I think, cancer of the lymph glands, lymphoma. Is that right? The lymph system. Right. And and so, at the time, I was running around like a crazy man, trying to figure out what to do. You know, Terry and I. I would say we're pretty much not in favor of allopathic medicine, which is doctors. And uh, 
you know, read a lot about everything. And, uh, and I was trying to figure out how to heal her. And for quite a few months, I was trying everything. Um, we went to an alternative practitioner in Scottsdale. We had a healing from, or more than one healing from Kimberly Meredith, which uh, seemed to work. But it was not um, permanent. And the, the, the situation came back. And so eventually I took her, you know, she was needing blood transfusions every, every three weeks or so because the lymphoma was causing her, her blood counts to go dangerously low. And one day we went in for a transfusion and they sent her by ambulance to a hospital in Scottsdale, Arizona. And uh, she started seeing an oncologist. Now, we had gone to an oncologist in Sedona. And for whatever reason, we didn't really trust him. And we're a little scared of whatever he might do because I know there's a huge amount of side effects with chemotherapy and radiation. And she had a really nice doctor in Scottsdale. His name was Dr. Curley. And he was... I think he was, I think he was a Catholic and he had a really good spiritual energy and he explained to Terry that the chemo for lymphoma was the most safest chemo there, there is and it didn't have side effects to speak of. So he convinced us to let him do that. And she was in the hospital and he was doing the chemo. But she was really sick. And one of the things about lymphoma is that it lowers the white blood cell count. And when it gets low, you're... um, Your white blood cells are what um, fight infections. And when it gets low, you become very vulnerable to infections. And Terry got a case of pneumonia. And so then they had another doctor come in called an infectious disease doctor. And he was treating the pneumonia with antibiotics. Now, if if I if one said the word antibiotics to Terry before this was going on, 
she would have said, no, I don't want antibiotics. And uh, at that point, I said, we got to do this because she was like on the verge of dying. I mean, they thought she was going to die. She was so weak. And so they did antibiotics, and they were doing antibiotic IVs. And finally, she recovered. And the oncologist said, this tends to come back again after five years. And so now it's about five years into it. And it seems like finally the doctors in the hospital in Cottonwood, and I kept telling them to check her for cancer, check her for pneumonia. And they said, she's got them both. Okay. So they've been working on her and getting her stronger. And she wants to go back to Scottsdale and finish this with the same doctors that worked with her five years ago. And um, so she's just waiting to get stronger to handle that. And uh, she'll probably go, she didn't want to do this. She didn't want to do this in the worst way. But they want to send her to a rehab place in Sedona until she gets, help her get strong enough. And she is getting stronger. They're giving her antibiotics. They're keeping her, um, you know, whatever it takes to keep her energy up. Um, and uh, that's the plan. And I feel very confident that we will get through this. And I know the Elohim is monitoring her. <laughs> One day, uh, uh, maybe 10 days ago, we were, now it, was, it had to be five days ago, um, we weren't doing any channeling. But I looked at her and I said, hey, I hope you guys are paying attention. Okay? And she looks at me and she says, we leave, but we do not leave. <laughs> and they were saying, they were talking to, to us through her, saying that they're there. And then Kimberly Meredith called her one day and brought in a bunch of angelic energy, which we both felt. And she said she was going to keep praying for her. And we felt Kimberly's energy most of the next day. So um, that's what's going on. And we're going to get her through it. And uh, we have so much support, including all of you guys who have been praying for us, which I know 
makes a difference. And I should mention that Fred Brooks, probably, I've said this at least once before, and most of you know it, but about five or six days ago, Fred Brooks died. And Fred Brooks Brooks is a guy that's been coming in and out of our calls for years who was how do I describe what Fred does? You know, I he would he would um started out doing house clearings, which somebody would call him and he would clear the energy of their house. He would kick out any negative entities that were hanging around. And he was very good. Every single person that he worked with was having great experience and noticed the clearing. And sometimes he would come on our calls and he would clear the energy for everybody on our calls. And then there was another aspect of Fred that was working with lower-level beings on the other side who were positively oriented. And um, they would be going into, what's the right word? I mean, the first word I, I thought of was warfare. And um, into getting into using force to get rid of some of the negative beings that have been uh, influencing our planet. And I really think he was doing it. He was a warrior. And when he started coming into our calls, he started including the Elohim and Ra as part of his team on the other side. And I remember doing a session on Fred, and I said, well, I have learned that if you polarize with the negative, it gives them hooks into you. And I asked our sources, how come Fred can do this without getting these hooks? And they said, he was getting the hooks. And it was, it could lead to big problems. But, Fred was pretty committed to what he was doing, and uh, I don't think I ever told him that. If I did, he disregarded it. And, um, you know, the way the negative works, 
is when you're doing high-level work, they look in your field for your weak areas and they want to disable you, okay? And even Carla Rucker, who we're going to hear, we're going to do a replay today. Even Carla Rucker uh, was attacked terribly by what they called Orion Crusaders. And I do believe what the Ra group calls the Orions is the same as what we call reptilians. And she had a rheumatoid arthritis, terribly, that was acerbated by her channeling work, which they said was being caused by these Orion Crusaders. And she never used the term negative attack. She called it negative greetings. And, um, you know, about she died a few years ago, a couple of years ago. Before she died, though, she was disabled by her arthritis and spinal surgeries. And she was bedridden. And prior to being bedridden, she used to go to church every Sunday. And she and I had gotten to know each other, and we talked quite a bit. I wasn't sure she appreciated my work, you know? I I interviewed her quite a few times on our calls, and I never asked her to validate me. And... uh, but she never invalidated me. So she kept coming to our calls as as being interviewed. And then when she was bedridden, I, and she couldn't go to church, I told her, why don't you come to our Sunday call and you can do it from your bed. And so she did. So for five years, she was my co-host on these Sunday calls. And I'm going to do a replay today of one of those calls which where Carla was my co-host and it's called Duality. I didn't listen to the whole thing but it sounded interesting and it ended with Terry doing a channeling, okay? And um, eventually, Carla made a couple of really great comments about Terry and myself, which I didn't expect. But she said she never met anyone that understood the raw material as well as I did. 
And then she said she trusted Terry's channelings. So on that note, I'm going to start this replay. And apparently it was a Sunday. And what's the date? I think it was uh, May 18th, 2014. And Terry and I were in Phoenix. And we had spent the night at Terry Friedman's home in Phoenix. And we were doing this call from his house. And uh, here we go. And this is May, is this May 18th, Terry? Yes. May 18th, 2014. And I hope we're not doing an echo. Um, uh, Wynn and Terry in Phoenix outside of Starbucks. And as we were telling everybody, we drove to Phoenix last night. We stayed at the home of Terry Friedman, who we have been um, talking about as being the possible, highly likely disciple of Jesus, Matthew, reincarnation of, who has memories of that, and wrote, wrote a book about that called The Man Who Walked With Jesus. And um, and we're picking up 20 of those books. So if anybody wants a book, please call Terry Brown, 805-267-9263, and she'll take your order. It's bound to be a collector's item, and it may end up being signed, okay? So on that note, we're sitting in Starbucks, we decided we needed to get into a neutral space to do this call and um, in, in Phoenix. And I announced duality. And, Carla, what does duality mean to you? Do you understand duality? Duality is, is uh, when something is yes and no at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Terry Brown, do you know what duality is? That's him, Greg, what happens when you meet a woman, Carla. What? <laughs> it's yes and no at the same time. <laughs> what do you think duality is, Terry? Duality is when there is um one aspect opposed to another aspect, like create and destroy, love and hate. Um, I can, I can't. Where there are two opposing factors that are directly opposed to each other. And you have a whole range of duality in the third density, like live or die, yes or no, um, and is one of the greatest teachers of growth in the third density. Okay. 
Let's see if anyone else has something they want to share about the idea of duality. This is the kind of thing I can hear Joel saying. Thank goodness he's asking. Hang on a second. Are you here? Hi, can you unmute everybody? Okay, now keep your lines quiet because you're all unmuted. Anyone have uh, an idea, uh, their idea of what duality is? Yes, since you asked. Is that Michael Adler? This is Michael in San Diego, and if someone were to ask me about uh, this universe that we live in, that's the first thing I would tell them, that we live in a plane of duality. Everything is a dichotomy. And there is even a hermetic principle of the law of um, of uh, two-ness, uh, where you have a continuum. So if you have hot and cold, you've got all these degrees in between it, and they're all a continuum of temperature. Mm-hmm. Oh, it doesn't matter. We can talk about duality for days. We can talk about male, female, up, down, on, off, in, out, day, night, black, white, uh, uh Soft, hard, curved, flat. I mean, forever. Male, female. This is how it's done on this planet. As a matter of fact, I think uh, when you run into paradox, which, you know, polarity or duality often means, uh, you know you've hit spiritual ground. Mm-hmm. Anyone, any, anyone else? Yes, Anna. Um, Go ahead, Anna. I, Anna, where you, you? You are in, in Washington. Yes. In Washington. Yes. Okay. Um, I I think duality represents um, round world, flat world paradigm, and um, mm-hmm. when it's really in, especially in thinking of the law of one, it's um, both and plus. The way I mm-hmm. see it. All right. Thank you. Anyone else? Yeah, I'd like to say something. And who is that? This is Percy, North Carolina. Hi, Percy. Yeah, uh, yeah let's go all the way back to Genesis. Let's go back to the Garden of Eden here. You all know, right. We, we you. were told, you know, not yeah. to eat the fruit. This is the knowledge of good and evil. Wait a second. Hi, are you, are you writing this? Because we're getting a lot of... Thank you. Okay. Go ahead, Percy. You went back yeah, to the Garden of Eden. Back to the Garden of Eden. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, not you can eat anything you want, but do not eat the fruit of the key knowledge of good and evil. Not the fruit of good and evil. The fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And that's the only fruit we eat all day. You know, Mother Teresa is good. Adolf Hitler is bad. And that's the green fruit we eat all day, and that's why we live in the law of two, and hopefully we're all headed to the law of one. Thank you. (laughs) And next, who else has one? This is Zoe Sacramento. Hi, Zoe. Hi. By the way, just for those of you that don't know it, Zoe now has a book that she's published on Amazon that she's visioned this for years. And before you say anything, Zoe, tell people the name of your book and and a good website to go to. Oh, thank you. Um, Yeah, the book, it's a novel, and it's called The The Calling of Mother Adele. It's about 
uh, set in uh, the mid-1940s, and it's about a young nun in a boarding school who gets a new student she can't handle, and um, her superiors won't help her. And so it's uh, it's about her spiritual journey and what happens as a result of the um, of this uh, very angry young girl being put into her life. So, um, and you can get it on Amazon or Create Space. Thank you so much. Can I give the title, one, Joey? The Calling of Mother Adeli. That's her last name. A D E L L I, and it's fiction. Okay. Now you can tell us about duality. <clears throat> well, I've, I've sort of uh, come to the conclusion that uh, we're here uh, on, on this plane. Uh, the duality is about our learning, that we're here to do the learning of what it, what happens when we make uh, one choice or another and uh, how it changes our world and changes uh, our relationships and um, and. I think here to learn, uh, we come back and back here until we learn to make uh, the choice of the positive rather than the negative. Amen. And, uh, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. All right. Anyone else? <laughs> Going once. One more thing. Um, when you said uh, make the choice of the positive or the negative, in a way, if it wasn't for the negative, we couldn't be positive. And that's how things are described on this planet, by contrast. That's how we make decisions, by contrast. You know, so you know, you know Michael, good for, good for you on picking that up, because you know what? If you're making the choice between the positive and the negative, guess what? You're in duality. That's right. <laughs> and here we are back again as how this universe got built. <laughs> because there is no positive and negative outside of duality. That's a dualistic principle. Do you know that when you look at... Carla, you can correct me on this, okay? Because now I'm, I'm going into your territory. But when you look at service to self and service to others, okay? Service to self, that's duality. Service to self service to others. What is it like outside of duality? There is no self and there are no others. Or everyone is yourself or everyone is the others because there's no separation. And that in truth, in order to be of maximum in order to be of maximum service to others, you have to be maximum service to yourself. You see, this is where duality resolves. Because if you are not service to self, in the sense of making yourself feel good, happy, taking care of yourself, how, how, where do you have the extra to give to others? In order to serve others, you have to come from a center point in yourself which means you have to be taking care of yourself. That gives you the right center to take care of others. Whereas if you're just sacrificing yourself for others, now I'm not saying for some people that may work because within the sacrifice, 
they get enough out of it to reward themselves to feel, um, how can I say it, gratified. Um, but this is ultimately the two are the same. It's only in this world, and yes, it can be horrible in this world, but it's only in this world, in this universe, on this plane, that you that service to self and service to others can appear separate. You know, ultimately, I said this before, that when you cheer someone else up, you cheer yourself up. So guess what? You're, you're being of service to others, but you say, oh my God, I can't cheer myself up. Don't make me laugh at that joke. That was for you. You see, <laughs> it's, like, it's like you get the joy out of it. So since you're getting something out of it, once you know that principle, then service to others and service to self resolves, okay? They resolve as one energy, one laugh, one feeling. Go ahead, Carla. Turn it over to you. <laughs> well, I think that um, it is such an important point of uh, prayer, um, discussion, whatever, that it, it's, it's probably the main point of being here. We are here to learn to choose. It's a choice. That's why I named the book about the law, one that I wrote for people that are having trouble reading the raw material, um, the choice. Because that's what this whole environment is for, so that you can wake up one day and go, you know, I want to be a person of honor. I want to live a certain way. And I really want to take a stand. I really, really want to serve others rather than to serve myself. And when you when you work with this on a on a continuous basis, it becomes the song of your life. It's it's a wonderful, beautiful uh, truth and difficulty at the same time that suffering is how the Creator often gets our attention and makes us think outside the box because we're so miserable. We're looking for something, something, you know, and hey. all of a sudden you think... Hey, Carla, Carla, uh-huh. i, I got to point something out to you. Okay? Go ahead. As long as you talk about a Creator and a created, you're in duality. Uh-huh. What would you have me call a spirit, then? Well, I would say, um, outside of duality, we are the creator. That's we right. are the created. They both that's, exist that's, simultaneously, right? That's, that's true in sixth density, but we're third density. Yeah. So it's very difficult well, to think in sixth density terms when you're being slapped in the face with third density decisions. So you, I now, why do you I, need a right of some kind to, uh, mm. to, to, to work the, the program. Right. Okay. I'm just being, I'm just like being uh, a teetotaler here. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> since we're talking mean? about duality <laughs> and being outside of duality, it's like, it's so subtle to notice. I'm just pointing it out. People notice. Um, when 
we talk about the law of one, the law of one can only exist outside of duality. It doesn't exist in duality, okay? Because, because the very name, name duality means two. So um, outside of duality, there's no creator, there's no created, there's no you, there's no me, there's, um, you know, it's all one. But you say, well, that sounds boring. What do I want to see all that for? And, and that's why you're here, because you are choosing the experience of the diversity of everything so that you can move back into the oneness. But the real reason you're not in the oneness is because, in some ways, it could be more boring. In other words, you look around for somebody new to meet. Geez, there's nobody new to meet. I know all those people. They're the same old people, just in different bodies. You know, you look for somewhere new to go. I've been there. I've done that. It all looks the same. Okay, so we're on top of a mountain. Okay, we're, we're in by a river. It all starts to blend together. And you say, that sounds boring. Well, that's why we're here. We're here to experience the diversity of creation and experience it and experience it and experience it until we're saying, that's boring. I want to move on. It's like my song, Do It Till You're Sick of It. Do it till it becomes boring. You know, that's the deal. So don't complain about being here. Experience this dimension in its fullness. Don't think you're not supposed to be here. Don't think you're supposed to go somewhere else. It's the experience of this dimension completely that allows you to move on and allows you to move up. Because, you know, people say, well, I want to move up. I want this. I want to go into higher dimensions. But how about my children? I got to worry about my children. How about this? How about this and how about that? And you come back here. We all have. We've come back because we we came back to 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 help and and that if we didn't come back, this realm would go to hell. More hell than it is, perhaps. Maybe it already is hell. For some people, it is. It doesn't have to be hell. But for some people, experience it as hell. And um, and then the question is, okay, here I am. How do I do it? What am I supposed to do? Um, and uh, luckily, Carla and I and Terry have plowed through it and we figured out something to do here that brings the energy in. But every one of you has something to do. It doesn't have to be, um, you, know, you know, it doesn't have to be big and exalted and doesn't have to get a lot of recognition. It might be just cooking, making cookies for your neighbor and, and bringing them over. So... Your neighbor has gratitude, and the relationship with your neighbor forever changes. And every time a relationship forever changes, the universe changes. You know, it's not, it's not, that is beyond duality. When something changes forever, it's beyond duality. It's only things that are transitory that are in duality. So, um, let's see here. I was thinking 
I don't know. I, I didn't know I was going to have such a long letting everyone else share their experience. And I think, you know, I think that's the point I wanted to make, that we're here because we need to experience the diversity of being in this realm. We need to experience the diversity of it. And when we're not attached to that experience anymore, we move to the next level. We move to a higher dimension. And, you know, if you recall, our story of the universe is that originally there was one awareness. And that one awareness was bored. And it subdivided itself. Now there were two awarenesses. And that was the beginning of duality. Okay? So you see, you see the interesting phenomena is that at, at both the top and the bottom, it gets boring. Only in the middle does it stay intriguing. Only in the middle does it keep you on your toes. And that's why you're here, because you want to exist. And in order to exist, you have to have a reason to exist. You have to be on your toes. You know, I said at the top and the bottom, it gets boring. Let me just say what I mean. You know, at the top, it's all one. There's nothing new. Let's go to the movies. No, I've seen that movie. Oh, it's the same as all the other movies. Oh, you know, Madonna is the same as Britney Spears. They all have the same energy. You know what? They got different bodies. I can feel their energies. There's nothing new. It's like in, in, in oneness, there's nothing new. And what becomes the reason to exist when you move into oneness is your ability to connect with other people and become one with them, and that creates the impetus for them to grow. And then you, you're being of service, you're changing the universe, and that's the reason to exist if you're in oneness. But if you go back to the beginning, there was, when there was originally oneness, there was no, no other to go and help and be of service to. It was only like, I'm aware. I'm aware. It's boring. There must be something more to... I don't think it's just boringness. I think it's curiosity. Uh, Ross said... Okay. the, the The reason for the original creation of this universe was that the creator wanted to know itself. Right. Well, you know what? How dare you come in and argue with me? <laughs> oh, I'm just so <laughs> terrible. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know what? You know what I think? I think it, it could be, you know, we're only conjecturing here, okay? I mean, we have this idea that there originally was an awareness, and that awareness just um, was aware. And, you know, both my material say this, the raw material says this in its own way, and that original awareness subdivided itself. 
and created two awarenesses, and then four awarenesses, and then six. And then all the awarenesses were aware that they were a part of each other. They knew that they were from the same energy, but each had their slight different angle, so to speak. And now each one had was building a new trajectory because let's just let's imagine let's let's just imagine that this is how it was, okay? First there was only one awareness. And I said it got bored. Carla said it got curious. <laughs> well I'm not sure if there's a difference between those, but it doesn't matter because whatever happened, that one awareness subdivided. Now you have two awarenesses and four and six. And now you have all these multiple awarenesses um, interacting with each other and being friends with each other. And every time they make an interaction, they're recreating a track in the universe. And so they're all individuating themselves by their track. And it goes on and 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 on. And here we are. We're part of those awarenesses, still recreating ourselves, making our track, you know, doing what we do every day, flowing in and out of each other. Um, but in this realm, the difference in this realm, which is very much different than the higher realms, is that in this realm, we don't know that we're part of each other. <laughs> we don't know that that's the game. We don't know that we're making a track, and that track is going to continue when our bodies die in, in the process of reincarnation or whatever process. And so we're clueless, at least in the higher realms, they knew they were part of each other, and they probably were, since there was no death, there was no nothing to die, they knew they were creating a track, and they could have they could observe the track. They'd be aware of the track. They'd be aware of each other's tracks. And it was very simple. Here it's gotten way complicated, but the same rules still apply. Here we are making a track, creating a track, going on eternally. Every one of us is eternal. And that every day we're making choices, creating our track. And, um, and, and one of the reasons to be service to, to choose service to others is because it's easier to create a track with a trajectory, a positive trajectory, at service to other than it is service to self, according to the raw material. In the raw material, you only need fifty one percent dedication, service to others, to, to create a positive trajectory and to graduate this realm. You need to have a 95, I think it's 95%, dedication to service to self to... The service to self still graduates, still moves through the realms potentially. Or you need a 95% service to self to move through the realms and, and get higher. And, um, I mean, 95% means you have to be a total dictator. Everything around you, everything, 95% of everything around you has to be giving you energy, has to be giving you energy. Do you know why, Carla, do you know why the percentage is so high for service itself compared to service to others? 
Because it's so much harder to be negative. It's it's the path of that which is not. I mean, you're faced with your own heart, and it's very difficult mm-hmm. to deny the reality of love. And mm-hmm. you have to deny the reality of love in order to be service to self and treat people like pawns. You have to feel that that you have no no connection to them, and and so you can you can send them into the battle to die. Uh, you can sacrifice right. them to the greater good of the corporation, whatever. Yes. So that's hard. That's hard because you got your own heart beating away, saying, "But, but, but, <laughs> don't do that! Don't do that! Don't do that!" Listen, I, I, let me give you my answer to that. Okay, your answer was correct, but my answer is different. All right. When I say it's <laughs> correct, I mean you know. Your answer was acceptable. <laughs> my answer, my answer, I'm trying to be so gracious here. <laughs> no, that was a beautiful answer, but it was not, I, what was in my mind to answer that question was the reason, this is me now, I think this is, you can tell me what you think, Carla. I don't think I've ever said this before. Um, the reason that service to self is harder. Why do you need such a big dedication to service to self is because in service to self, somebody gives you their energy. But since there's no free will and there's no co-creation, the energy doesn't sustain. So you have to become an energy monster and have more and more energy directed towards you to sustain the energy so you can have the thrust to get out of this realm. In other words, part of one way of looking at what gets you out of this realm is a certain thrust of energy that propels you through the dimensions. Um, And service to self has an enormous appetite. Um, You know, one way, one thing that you can all, many of you might see is that our Sunday calls, there is, let's assume that we are service to others. Let's just assume that. And that we can sustain this energy on this call. We don't have to bring in guests every week. We don't have to um, do anything other than show up and Carla, myself, and Terry have developed co-creative energy that never dies, that goes on forever. That is service to others. Service to self always, to whatever degree service to self is, this is not, you know, this is not um, to uh, try to pin anyone down or put anyone down, but to whatever degree service to self is, it doesn't sustain. It needs new energy. It needs a new guest. A new, oh, today we have so-and-so. I'm always going to be reminded. Now, that doesn't mean that person's negative. It could also be positive. It could also have the dedication to bring things to people's attention that are going to be important to them. But um, nonetheless, the energy doesn't sustain indefinitely because of co-creation. It's needing new energy to feed it. And 
if you notice, we are fairly self-sustaining. And all of us have this tremendous dedication of service to others because we all have gifts to share with other people and that we are all so grateful to have this opportunity to share our gifts. And so even the relationship with you is co-creative or you would get bored and um, you would go somewhere else. Those of you that are sticking and hanging in here, we have developed a co-creative connection with you that um, doesn't stop. <laughs> we keep going on. And any comments for that, Carla? I think you're doing great. Uh, go right ahead. You think I'm doing great? <laughs> We're not going to get into a, a gladiator fight, right? <laughs> but in any case, not today. In any case, I right, no, we way. never, we never do. <laughs> we never do. Isn't that funny? I, mean, you know, I was thinking that we're a perfect example of co-creation because you right. never know what I'm going to say. I never know what you're going to say, and yet we always seem to flow together. Right, right. And that's an example. I mean, that idea of how service to self, the energy has to die. Because, I mean, those of you, we've all been service to self. So don't, like, beat yourself up. We all have been service to self part of the experience of this realm. It's part of the experience of duality. And so go into the experience of how uh, you wanted somebody's energy. Usually, the easiest way to see it is in a relationship between a couple, a man and a woman. You want somebody's energy, and um, you marry them, or they're your girlfriend, and six months later, it's boring. And you can't keep the energy up, because it's not a co-creative relationship. It's like, it's like, give me your energy. And you know what happens from a guy's point of view? If the woman is giving her energy and the energy goes out of the relationship because she's not getting energy back, there's no co-creation, she's just giving energy, at a certain point, she doesn't have any energy to give, it dies. And then the guy gets mad, angry, because he said, You've been giving me energy all this... I mean, he doesn't say... He doesn't think in these terms. All he knows is that he's not getting energy in the way that he was previously. And it looks to him like she is denying him. Okay? That's how he perceives it. And so he gets angry. Gets angry with her. Gets abusive. This is like at a lower level how the cycle works. And does not even realize that... And then he starts looking for someone else and saying, I need to uh, have other women because my, my, my girlfriend's not satisfying me anymore. And, and, and he goes through a bunch of women and has short relationships and each one satisfies him for a short time. Then he goes to the next because it doesn't continue. And that's why service to self keeps you so busy, okay? Because it's an insatiable appetite for energy and, you know, you don't have to turn somebody that serves self into a monster, although some of them deserve that moniker. Um, you don't have to. It just means that how do I get fulfilled? And, you, do, you know, when you're out in this world, you don't, there's no rule book. You don't get the lessons that tell you don't do this, do that, don't do that. The only way, since we're separated from all that is, is by experience. 
if we knew that we were part of each other, if we were still not in a physical realm, if we were in that spiritual realm where there was first creation and everyone knew they were part of each other, then they wouldn't do this because they, they, the, the awareness of, of being connected would make it impossible to hurt another being, okay? In other words, when you know that person really is you, when you know that if you hurt them, you're hurting part of yourself, if you know that that creates karma, and, that, you know, karma only means that, that everything is everything, so you can't do anything to anyone without doing it to yourself. And so now that you do it to yourself, it's like you, 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 you put a, put a, um, uh, a wounding, you only have to pull the wound out, okay? You, you punctured yourself. You have to puncture it out. So that's why your relationships with other people are so crucial because they are you. And when you don't realize they are you, you think you can do things to them and get away with it. But you don't get away with it because you are creating the energy track that keeps you in this realm. I remember somebody had once asked Edgar, uh, I don't know where I heard the answer. What was Edgar Casey? I don't know. But they said um, something to the effect of when you commit suicide, is there karma? And the answer was, the karma comes from the people that you hurt by committing suicide. You know, some people commit suicide deliberately to hurt someone because that's the only way they can get them, okay? They've been wanting to get them all their lives. They couldn't get them. And they say, okay, if I commit suicide, they're going to feel guilty. And that gets them. And now, you see, people are hooking each other, hooking each other and hooking each other to, like, stay stuck in this realm. And that's why the realm keeps perpetuating. So you are the pioneers of not doing this anymore, like not doing this activity towards other people that keeps everybody in the realm. Realizing, you know, start with the thought. Maybe you don't have an integrated, so start with the thought that everything is part of everything. Everyone is part of everyone. And, and if that's true, then every day, no matter what happens, look at all those people that pass through your life and say, that's me, that's me, and that's me. And how would you like to treat yourself in that body? What's the unique way to treat yourself? in the body of that other person. As you do that every day, that starts lifting the karma. That's building light units. And uh, let me give Carla and Terry a chance to have the last word. Since they're the women on the line. And um, then we will go to our meditations. I'm so glad that you brought this up. I I just think it's a a marvelous discussion, and uh, thank you. Well, you're welcome. Terry? I think that this is a topic that is close to the hearts of everybody. 
in um, district density. It is one of the biggest issues everyone faces. Well, thank you. A second. Can you um, mute yourself a second? Are you muted? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, when you start thinking about it, when I start thinking about it, it is crazy. Because when you start going through duality, you start seeing the dance of everything is and isn't. <laughs> and, and how, you know, you say you want to graduate, but you don't really want to let go. You don't want to let go of the things in this realm that you need this realm to work out. You see, if you want to graduate this realm, how can you graduate when you're very attached to, um, I better stay in this realm because my son is not going to graduate. I got to stay in this realm to help my son. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but you realize you're making the choice to stay in this realm. Okay. And it's, um, let's go into our meditation. And regardless of anything, there is part of us that is always, always part of all that is. There is part of us that is the creator as well as the created. And there's part of us that is the father as well as the son. And do you realize that whole idea of having a father and a son is a dualistic concept, just like a creator and a created. And at a higher level, we are, when we start thinking of ourselves as the creator, as well as the created, and you know, when we say that, that does not mean like an ego trip. I am the creator, man. But so are you, and so is everyone. We are all part of a mass creation of this realm. And our thoughts, our intentions, are the creative energies that all meld together that make existence possible. And on this call, we take advantage of that. We take advantage of that idea. And we usually, usually we are all in the posture of being the created and being the effect of. On this call, we take the posture of being the creator and being the potentially effect changer and that when you understand the principle I'm talking about you understand why you can't violate free will because that other being is also a creator that's how the whole project was designed and if that other being is service to self, you can't uncreate him to be other than he is. He can only uncreate himself to change his path. And so if he's chosen, 
service to self, as a creator, you can't say, okay, change. We're eliminating this. Or we're eliminating chemtrails. Or, or do that. We can't do it because now we are um, attacking the free will of others. So we have to find ways to create that don't violate the free will of other beings. We have to go in between the cracks. Now, one way to do that is to start out creating yourself, creating yourself being healthy, creating yourself being um, together, creating yourself to be abundant. And each of us can do that, and that's our first step. So let us now see ourselves as a part of the universe. See ourselves as the one infinite creator. Now, that means that you are everything, and you are everything. And you're the one infinite creator, and you're the one infinite created. There is no difference because it's all one. And just at the speed of your thought, of your thinking, you can meld, connect with anything in the universe that you're aware of. But you can't change anything, only those things that don't violate free will and for the highest good of all concerned. And, you know, the reason we have the highest good of all concerned in there is because um the if you service to others, you must have that. If you service to self, you don't have to have that. If you service to others, the reason you have that is because you can't ask for things since everything is you. You can't ask for anything that harms anything else or violates anything else because that's you and you're violating you. If you're service to self, you can do that, but you can't get as high. The service to self is stuck at a certain place and it has to convert in order to keep going. That was in the raw material. They can go up so high, and then after a while, they have to switch because they can't go any further. But if you serve self and you're still exploring all those dimensions of the universe for millions of years, so be it. That's the way it works. <sighs> so right now, let us connect with Mother Earth. Let us love Mother Earth to send positive energy to earth. Feel the energy of earth coming up through your floor. Moving through your feet. Moving through your bodies. And let us give gratitude to earth. Gratitude. 
for her having supported us for so many lifetimes. The earth is suffering. Even now, the earth is suffering because there's so much abuse. Every time there's a war, um, it hurts the earth. It hurts the earth when bombs go off. It hurts the earth when people are doing certain kinds of mining and, and activities like that. The earth feels us. And it hurts the earth when we're scared and unhappy. So let's just say I love you to the earth. And we have that energy of the earth moving through our bodies, up to the top of our head, moves through the top of our head, up to the ceiling, up through the ceiling, into the sky. Remember, you are everything. You are sky. We keep moving through the veil of planet Earth, through the solar system. And we finally touch each other. Remember, there is no other. That's an illusion. It all exists simultaneously. So it's okay to have this paradox because we are all in a million trillion pieces in our bodies and all over this planet. Simultaneously, we're all part of each other. We're all the same energy. So we touch each other and we create a group energy connection. This is voluntary, so if you don't feel comfortable doing it, just stay stay back and say, this is not for me. And let us tell each other, just like we said to the earth, we love you. Let's say that to each other. We love you. We love you. And in truth, you are loving yourself in its myriad of expressions through everyone else. And just by the nature of creating this group energy connection amongst us all, we are moving up on the wings of that to a higher dimension as a reference point. Now let's invite all those positive service to other sources in the universe, all those sources that honor the Christ of light, that honor the law of one, to join with us. Now you know 
What the Elohim said is that when we do an exercise like this, we actually create an energy that they can see and they can join with. So we invite them to join. And shut your eyes and tune into the energy and just see if you can feel an expanded presence inside of yourself. Let's see if you can move into being the creator, not just the created. And that as the creator, you can rewrite the script. You can heal yourself. You can heal others, honoring free will and the highest good. So, how would you like to create yourself? How would you like the universe to support you in that creation? You know, sometimes people say, well, just send me money. <laughs> well, it's been my experience. It doesn't work that way. Uh, although it might. I mean, you know, there are loads and loads of miracles. But, if you want money, you have to go out the door and shake the trees so you create a synchronicity. And that's how the universe works. It's like the solo in Atlantic City. Hi, Dave, if you're listening, will said to himself, oh, I want to give some money to Terry and Lynn. How am I going to do it? And he said, I'm going to go off today. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying for you to try this. Just work with him. I don't know why things work, but... He went to a casino and said, if I win, I'm going to send Terry and win some money. So he pulled the slot machine down, won $10,000, sent us $3,000, and, um, and it worked. He created that to happen. And many of you have created something to happen out of what you've learned on this call, on these calls. So, shut your eyes and put in this field things that you would like to happen for yourself, for the highest good. Just remember, Dave didn't just say, I want money to come in. He went out, he had to go walk out and walk into the casinos, walk into the casinos and do it. So, you have to go out and do something. If it's looking for a job, look through the newspapers, just hold the space of a miracle. You are creating your life in this realm. I am creating my life in this realm. We are co-creating with each other right at this moment. And we have a healing list, 
And um, I would suggest, hi, are you there? Yes, sir, Evans. Are you ready? Are, are you, uh, did you refresh it? Yes, I have it open. No, but when did you open it? A few minutes ago. Okay, good. All right. I just want to see if there's anyone new on there. So the healing list is just a way of grounding your request, putting it down. And, of course, when we read it, it's a way of focusing everyone's attention on your particular request. And sometimes it works. So, hi, so why don't you go through that list now? Okay, this is Win Live. And um, we are going to go through a healing list, but the current healing list, not the healing list from 2014. And I'll tell you, it was amazing to listen to that call and the energy on it and the rapport we all had. And, um, Terry, are you still with me? Hello, Terry. Terry, are you there? All right. I guess we lost Terry. We were doing a conference call between her and me on the call. And uh, maybe the hospital disconnected her because she was on the phone too long. I don't know. But in any case, um, I didn't really listen to that call, preview it before I played it. And I thought, it had amazing energy to it. And uh, we have so many amazing calls in our archive section, which is free to anyone to access. And it's a web page called thespiritchannel.net. Thespiritchannel.net. And we're doing 10 calls every week. Seven of them are planetary healing calls. And something happened as a result of doing these calls, which I really couldn't have anticipated. But the people that kept coming to them started changing their consciousness. You know, you can hear the call like the one we just played, and you can get, an, you know, kind of a aha experience or realizations. But when you come to a call often, there's a process by which you shift. You start incorporating these ideas into your life. You start becoming aware 
that we're part of each other. And the people that are coming to these calls have created a community. They care about each other. And it's amazing. To, you, you can notice it at first and think you'll never be part of it, but you will if you keep showing up. And you don't have to believe anything. It's just the energy of the call is infectious. And the connection with these higher group souls starts to stick. And you realize they're with you. And they have demonstrated that many times, many ways for many people. And I have just been learning. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know how it was going to work. And Terry and I just kept showing up, showing up, showing up. And many of our calls have conversations with the Elohim where they share the inside scoop of how everything works in a way that's never been shared before in this realm. And some people, you know, on, on the Spirit Channel, there's over 2,000 calls on there. And some people have commented, it's like the Alexandria Library, or it's like the Edgar Casey readings. Now, it's not like the Edgar Casey readings, because it's a whole different angle. But the, the potential of it to impact theology and, and how the world works is extremely profound. And so, um, if you're listening on BBS, we do this call every Sunday, and if you were, if you enjoyed that last call, you can start browsing all these calls on the Spirit Channel. And, you know, it doesn't matter what it's titled. You know, this was titled Duality. And when I looked at the title, I said, hmm, that sounds boring. <laughs> and then I quickly scanned and listened to a few things, and I said, hmm, there's a lot of energy on that call. Maybe I'll play it today. And, uh, and it was a great call, surprisingly great, you know. And so many of our calls are great. And they're different. They approach things in hundreds of different ways. Everything from finding out the actual history of the past through the channelings of things that we don't know. No one knows. And they tell us. And... I always tell people, don't believe anything until it touches you and moves you. 
So we're going to go through today's healing list. And normally, Terry channels and they make comments to people. But her energy is still low. She didn't want to do that. And she's not here right now. Terry, you're not there, right? She's not here. So, um, Siege is going to go through the list. And we know our sources are present on this line. They're paying attention. And they're not going to talk to us because um, Terry's not here. And I'm going to channel. So, Fija, are you here? Yes, I am here. And I mm. remember listening to that call on BBS radio because, of course, I started to listen um, sometime in 2012. Mm-hmm. And it did have amazing energy and extremely wise um, wisdom, if you can say wise wisdom. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think so. And if you listen and to the other calls, each one of them, you're, you're right, they're totally individual and unique. And the wisdom that comes from both you and the other members on the call, and sometimes from the participants, is it's amazing to hear um, all the different viewpoints and ideas that has come from um, people's experience, life experience. Mm-hmm. That call was a great call to represent the amazing interaction that Carla and I had. I thought, and. I really miss her on our calls. But, yes. um, you know, Carla was far more famous than I was. And she kind of took a, a backseat position on the call and supported me. And I was just honored to have that from her. So... When we go through this healing list, you know, when you hear the word healing, it sounds like some magic is going to happen. Something on the other side is going to wave, or something on this side is going to make a magic wand, wave a magic wand, and your problems are going to go away. It doesn't usually seem to work that way. What's happening is... Sometimes it can um, work that way gradually over a period of time. Yeah. That's what I've... It's like... ...observed. Yes. Well, the thing about it is, is when something is wrong, it's like, in most cases... 
we are creating that to happen. It is our creation. When we're sick, when you have physical infirmity, when you don't have enough money, when all the things that go wrong in your life go wrong, we're creating it. And therefore, we own it. And the energies on the other side can come in and work with you and help you to stop creating it. But you have to participate in it. And you have to take responsibility for it. And then you stand the chance of shifting it. And they can increase the chances. And it's very nice when they talk to you, which they usually do on our Sunday calls. And maybe next by next Sunday, Jerry will be back in shape to at least make the comments on the call. For the past um, many months, on our Sunday calls, I have been picking topics and querying our sources about it, with Terry channeling the answers. And so right now, we're doing those replays. And you know, I don't think I can match up to the replays, but I listen to a call like that. I say, God, how do I do that again? Because they're spontaneous creations. But we do something else. And um, I just encourage you, if you go to the Spirit Channel, the phone number to all of our calls is listed. And if the call you, we just played touched you, then just pick a call and play it. Some of them have transcripts. You can read it. I should do a transcript of that call. Although, I don't know if the energy will come across as well when you read it. But I should do it anyway. So in any case, we have a healing list. If you want to get on this list for next week, the way to do it is you go to in the light one word dot intelligent dash infinity dot com intelligent dash infinity dot com and uh see to be sure and put Fred Brooks in the light on the other side for support. Yes. And uh yes. Although when he, 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 Fred is alive and kicking, kicking butt. (laughs) So he, he's, even though he's in the etherical realm, he's very much alive. And I think sometimes people forget when, when people cross over and they drop their bodies, they're not dead. They're not gone. They're very much alive. 
And I, Fred has visited me an, a few times, and he's very much alive and continuing working with the team um, in the etherical realm. So for me, he's still alive. Mm -hmm. And you know, he worked with his partner, Isabel. And um, Isabel was kind of his backup grounding. And when they did sessions, Isabel was always there. And I do believe he's been connecting with Isabel. And, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if she starts doing what he was doing in terms of clearing stuff with Fred in the background from the other side. Um, I'm going to do a fundraiser for Isabel because um, you know, she has to cremate him and I think you know they were making a living by doing this work and, uh, and suddenly the bottom has fallen out of it. And I would love to do a memorial to Fred, and um, I might do it so, next Sunday, you know. Yes, I have some think of the that's people. brilliant. Yeah. Fred called, it, Fred called it a promotion. Right. <laughs> I think it's so, so much better than memorial because he's still alive. Okay. Well, a memorial for his body being gone, all right? Anyway, <laughs> well, I think if I called it a promotion, people wouldn't understand it, you know? So <laughs> Those are Fred's words. <laughs> he called it a promotion. <laughs> uh, that, I mean, that's what he told you after he died? No, that's what he told Isabella. Okay. Yeah, are you, have you been talking to Isabella? I, Have yes, you been talking I spoke to, her? to Stella. Yes, I did. Because when I connected with Fred, when I connected with Fred, he—I don't know if I want to say it on air actually because it's private. No, I don't yeah. think I'll say anything um, because it's about people and their personal business. So, okay. But Fred is fine. Fred is fine, and he's. He's very much alive and kicking, and uh, nobody needs to worry about him. Okay. And after you go through the healing list, if you stay on the, on the line, not on BBS, because we'll be off, but if you stay on the phone line, Hives will play some songs, and then the show is over. And if you're on BBS, we're going to end in how many minutes? Fifteen minutes or something. Seven minutes? Fifteen minutes. Uh, I don't know. Depends when uh, Don shuts us down. Usually, you know, we're supposed to shut down at five of 
five minutes to midnight. But usually, if we go, not midnight, noon. But usually, if we keep going, <laughs> he lets us go till noon, okay? Noon Pacific time. So I turn it over to Sija. Thank you. I would like to call in the love light of protection around each and every person on this healing list, a subject of the healing list, listening to the call, listening to the replay, or reading a transcript. John from Las Vegas. Please put decentralized cryptocurrencies into the love light for massive worldwide adoption, for privacy, and for them to be used as a monetary system that is free from capital gains tax and free from surveillance. Please help decentralized cryptocurrencies to become more accessible and easier for people to use and understand. Thank you. Alan from Keyport, New Jersey. I know there are many who are experiencing gratitude for, for the love you have extended to Terry and Wynne. Surely you opened a door that no man can close and closed a door no man can open. I believe you guided Wynne to seek the medical attention Terry is receiving. Please accept my gratitude for the healing that is now manifesting in Terry's life. Also, the wisdom you have revealed to Wynne. So did you see the light as we place them in our prayers? In the love light? Is this how the hologram has manifested? With love and gratitude, and I believe I speak for many once again, no free will was violated so that we have witnessed what we have witnessed is Christ consciousness in effect. Thank you. And thank you, Alan, for holding the energy for the work we do and for yourself. And it's exciting to see all the things that have occurred in your life as a result of coming to our cause. Thank you. And back to you. Hi. Hi from Los Molinos. Dear sisters and brothers of the Elohim, please diagnose Buddy, my yellow lab, his state of being. He's about 14 years old, and I am wondering if he is due to his aging symptoms, if it is due to his aging symptoms, still comfortable being here. 
Please surround him with love and light. Thank you. And let's see here. Sorry for me. I, I can't comment and do what the Elohim do, does. Not even close. But I can say that they're paying attention. And uh, and I ask them to help. And go ahead, Cecil. Thank you. Cecil? Thank you for putting... Cecil's wife, Betty, into the love light for safe passing. Thank you. And and putting Cecil in the light for enduring the sorrow of losing his wife and knowing that She'll probably be better off and happier when this happens. Back to you, Cija. Thank you. Cija from England. Thank you to all of our beautiful friends in the higher realm for co-creating with us and helping us to manifest a magnificent new reality. Thank you for Terry's protection and perfect healing and for restoring her body, mind, spirit complex to perfect health in all timelines, densities and dimensions. Thank you. And thank you, Cija, for you doing a daily prayer group for Terry and thank you for doing that, okay? And I'm sure it's making a difference. Yes, I'm sure it is. Bob from Ohio. My brother-in-law, Jim Spear, from Revenar, Ohio, passed on Thursday, June the 16th. I was with him a couple of hours before he passed. He had complications from heart surgery and a stroke. I would like him to know we love him and miss him. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. And I asked asked our sources to carry that forward to um, Jim. And go ahead, CJ. Thank you. And I put Fred Brooks into the love light and I thank the Elohim for his protection, for the protection of his team. And I put Isabella into the love light for support, for financial abundance and to be surrounded in loving energy and 
to feel very strongly the connection with Fred, who is around her and who is trying to communicate with her and wants to make sure that she is fine. And I put them all into the love light. And I thank the Elohim for this opportunity to say these blessings for Fred and Isabella. Thank you. Thank you, Fidia. And thank all of you for holding the space here for us to do this. And this, you know, even though whatever, whoever is in the center of attention may be holding the focus, all of you are holding the energy. There is truly a group energy on our calls. And we come together outside of our bodies under in a higher dimension and many, many people feel energy on these calls. Some of them profoundly so. So on that note, it's 11.54. We're actually finishing on time. And um, let me unmute everybody. Thank you, Wynne. And thank you, Terry. Thank you, Hives. And thank you to all the beautiful souls on the call, listening to BBS Radio, and much love to each and every one of you, and happy Father's Day. That's right. It is Father's Day. And, yeah. and love to the sources. <laughs> all participants are unmuted. Okay. We're all unmuted. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Sadra. Oh, oh yeah, we got to get the perfect piece for her before next week. I've got this. Super great call, Win. Super, super. Thank you. God bless. And is Hyde there? Yes, I'm here. I will play a few songs. And uh, I wish okay. you all a happy Father's Day. And, you know, you might want to play one of my songs until we're totally off of BBS. You know? Right, right. No. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> let me just find one, so hang tight. Thank you all for being. All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. A happy Saturday. Also, the train passing by. One moment. Might take me a bit before I can fight. have like around 500 songs on this uh, board and I need to find one from when
Okay, here we go. Everything you touch 